Saving marriages is a difficult business. The taker can ruin a relationship more easily than the giver can restore it. In the state of intimacy, a couple is motivated to be thoughtful and considerate because the relationship is paying such rich emotional dividends. Takers are getting a free ride on the mutual giving, so they don't want to do anything to spoil it. The givers have their way in each conversation, and the taker is satisfied. But satisfaction is a temporary delight. Sooner or later, someone makes a mistake. For example, if your spouse promised to pick you up at five o'clock and didn't show up until six, what should you say? You may expect an apology and a promise that it won't happen again. But even if you get that apology, it may not be enough to keep your taker quiet. After all, how can your taker avoid telling your spouse that it's the fifth time this month that you've been left stranded, and that apologies don't mean much to you anymore? Or suppose your spouse doesn't even try to apologize. Now your taker is definitely in high gear. Your taker is just trying to protect you. Your giver has been shoved aside because it was letting your spouse get away with murder. Someone has to stick up for your rights, and the taker is more than willing to do the job. Meanwhile, your spouse's taker responds by fighting back or by withdrawing. Somehow, you both must encourage your givers to give again, but they seem imprisoned by your taker's rule of self-protection. Avoid anything that makes you unhappy. Any effort to call a truce might result in rebuff or ridicule. You can't trust your spouse to say a civil word to you, much less reach out to meet your needs. Even waving a white flag can get your arm blown off. You desperately need peace talks, but how do you get to the table? If you knew that your spouse's giver was attending the meeting, maybe you could take a chance. But the last time you tried, the room was filled with attorneys, the hard bargaining representatives of your spouse's taker. It's harder to mend than to rend. The taker's reign of terror keeps most couples in the state of conflict or withdrawal most of their married lives, but there is a way to beat it. Some people try putting their givers in charge. After all, it's your giver that creates the environment for intimacy, and it's your taker that ruins it all. But it's not that simple. Your taker is not a potted plant passively waiting for you to call it in when you need it. It's an aggressive force for your survival and takes over whenever it thinks you're in trouble. You cannot simply ignore it. We need a rule for marriage that takes the interests of both giver and taker into account at the same time. To restore a shattered relationship, we need to give and take, simultaneously considering our own feelings and those of others. I've come up with a simple policy that combines the rule of the giver and the rule of the taker. I call it the policy of joint agreement. Never do anything without the enthusiastic agreement of both you and your spouse. Let me repeat that: Never do anything without the enthusiastic agreement. Of both you and your spouse, the word enthusiastic should get your attention. It's a taker's word, believe it or not. Your taker will be enthusiastic about an agreement that's in your own best interest. I don't want couples to give each other the self-sacrificing willingness of givers. I want the enthusiastic willingness of takers. How does this policy work out in real life? First, let's consider three couples who practice other policies. Couple A. Tom and Mary do not even discuss their plans with each other, much less agree. They just go ahead and plan their days with no consideration for each other's feelings. If Tom wants to stop for a drink on the way home from work, he does without asking Mary how she would feel about it. She never knows when he'll be home. If she wants to go shopping after he comes home from work, 
She says goodbye to the kids, and out the door she goes, hardly noticing Tom. Tom and Mary have adopted a taker strategy, common among those in the state of withdrawal, and they have become terribly incompatible, ignoring each other's feelings. Couple B. Rick and Janet use a somewhat better decision-making strategy. They discuss their plans with each other, but they both reserve the right to make the final decision, and each of them regularly does things that the other doesn't like. For instance, there's an optional business trip that Rick could take, but it coincides with Janet's birthday. He talks it over with her, learns that she wants him to stay home, but he decides to go anyway. Janet is offered a community leadership position that will take her away from home several nights a week. Rick explains how it would complicate his life, but she accepts the offer anyway. To the extent that they disregard each other's feelings, they are building an incompatible.